This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hello, and welcome to Food Stuff. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And it's another cocktail hour. Yes. This time we're talking about one of my favorites. Oh, me too. Margarita. Uh huh. And as we record this, it is February 22nd, which happens to be National Margarita Day. Which seems like a wonderful marketing scheme. (laughs) That's absolutely what it was, I'm pretty sure. As you listen to this, the day will have come and gone. Unless you're listening to it exactly one year. Exactly one year. Or two or ten or, you know. That's true. I don't know what you're doing with your future. There's a small sample size. (laughs) Of people that it's like, wait a minute, it is National Margarita Day. Well, either way, I, I think that every day is Margarita Day. Mm-hmm. Speaking I of. Agree. Drink drink responsibly. Oh, yes. Yes. Do that thing. And legally. hmm So, let's talk about what it is. Well, like most cocktails we discuss, it can be a lot of things. A lot of things. Customized all sorts of ways. In its purest form, a margarita is simply tequila, an orange liqueur like concho or triple sec lime with optional salt on the rim of the glass. That's it. That's it. According to the International Bartenders Association, the IBA, the ratio is, ratio, ratio (laughs) is 754, 50% tequila, 29% orange liqueur, 21% lime juice. 
How very specific. Huh. Uh, the margarita falls into the cocktail category of sours, drinks that contain a base alcohol, a sweetening agent like sugar or sweet liqueur, and a souring agent like uh, lemon or lime juice. And most classically, you shake these ingredients with ice and serve them straight up. That works best with, like, pretty good ingredients, though. Yeah. Uh, serving them on the rocks uh, or even frozen can help mask harsher tequila and orange stuff or the use of sour mix instead of fresh citrus juice, etc. Right. Some people also add sugar in there because sugar. Yeah. We do love our sugar. Mm-hmm. And speaking of, you can get all sorts of variations Mango, raspberry, cactus, watermelon. If you can dream it, it's probably been done. Oh, absolutely. And all of these can be turned into frozen margaritas as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. It is the most common tequila-based cocktail in the U.S., and in 2008, it was America's most commonly ordered cocktail. Of mixed drink sales, that comes out to be 18% of the market. According to spirit and wine company Brown Foreman, Americans drink an average of 185,000 margaritas every hour. (laughs) And tequila at large is a billion dollar a year global industry. Whole episode on tequila forthcoming eventually. But in brief, uh, tequila is a type of mezcal, Mm. which is a distillate of the heart of the agave plant, which is a large type of succulent. Like picture that those cute things that you see on Pinterest. Yep, I know exactly what you're uh, talking about. But as tall as a person. Um, and when you cut away the spiked leaves, you're, you're left with this sort of pineapple looking stem, the, the heart or the piña. Um, and that's the size of like a large beach ball and weighs like 30 kilograms or 70 pounds. Big old thing. Um, you cook and shred the agave piñas to get their juices out, then ferment and distill that juice to make your basic mezcal. You can then age it or not. Or not. Uh, tequila is made from a particular type of blue agave called Weber Blue, which is produced like bananas are by cloning plants by taking a cutting of one to produce the next without any pollination or flowering. And it comes from the town of Tequila and the surrounding areas in Mexico and is a Mexican origin-protected product in many countries. Uh, here in the United States, I think that happened in 1974. Mexico exports some 70% of what it produces, tequila-wise, and the U.S. consumes some 80% of that. Mmm. I, uh, my margarita story is I I hated tequila for a long time because I was drinking very bad tequila, which is mostly vodka, I believe. Yeah. Yes. It's not, anyway, it wasn't or, good. Or at the very least, like, mixed in with a lot of, uh, uh, there, there's two, like, basic categories of tequila, 100% agave and less than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I was having the way less than that, I suspect. <laughs> and also using the, like, um, pre-mixed margarita mix. So oh. I really didn't like margaritas. I, uh, yes. But then I went to this salsa class. And it was called Salsa and Salsa, and you learned to salsa, and you made salsa, <laughs> and also you you made margaritas. And it was this very simple, like, pretty decent tequila, lime, and orange control. Not orange control, just control. <laughs> um, and I loved it. And ever since then, I've just been, it's so simple and so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's my margarita story. But we should talk about the margarita story in general. We should, and we will, after one quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. 
Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Meanwhile, little, little look behind the scenes, foodstuff listeners. While while we were on break, uh, I mean, you know, not that we were literally doing it while you were listening to that ad, but uh, but I <laughs> like seriously, that salsa and salsa thing is the most Annie thing that I've ever heard of in my life. <laughs> well, I mean, it was fun, and I I did win an award for most fun at the class. <laughs> Are you the only one who got an award, Annie? Um, maybe that I can't recall <laughs> making all those margaritas. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, let's let's get into let's get into the, our uh, history segment here. Yes. Um, a brief tequila history. Uh, agave has been fermented into wines and beers since at least 300 CE. By the 1700s, this was being distilled into mezcals, and different types of mezcals, including tequila, uh, were developed as farmers and producers honed their craft, though most operations were, and still are, these small local distilleries. Tequila caught on bigger than other varieties because these wealthy, colonial Spanish-descended folks in the nearby city of Guadalajara drank it and backed it and sent it to the 1893 Chicago World's Fair. The consumption of tequila in the U.S. was perhaps not as hampered by prohibition as other spirits, being relatively easy to smuggle in from Mexico. It gained even more popularity during World War II when European liquors became pretty scarce stateside. But, okay. That's, again, extraordinarily brief. Very. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I'm really excited about a tequila episode. Me too, and Mezcal. Me and Lauren both love Mezcal. So much. Okay. 
But back to the margarita. Right. What would a cocktail hour of foodstuff be without multiple unconformed, unconformed and unconfirmed origin stories? <laughs> the margarita is no different, except most of the origin stories seem to focus on a woman or women named or nicknamed margarita. That's, <sighs> that's like the sole source of the origin story. There was this woman named Margarita. And there you go. I, I guess it's easier than being like, there was this woman named Old Fashioned. And <laughs> that's true. We should bring Old Fashioned back <laughs> from where it never existed. <laughs> from that parallel universe. Yes, yes exactly. Um, and also, most of these stories did not take place in Mexico. And from what I read, locals in Mexico don't really take part in many cocktails. And to this day, margaritas are not a popular drink in Mexico outside of tourist. If anyone can confirm or deny that, please let us know. And um, the margarita is a lot younger than many classic cocktails that are based on European spirits, which I thought was interesting. One story, one origin story goes that the first margarita was concocted in 1938 for Ziegfeld dancer Marjorie King by a bartender, Carlos Herrera. According to Margarita legend, King was allergic to most alcohols, but not tequila. Ah. Mm-hmm. However, she didn't want to drink it straight up. So Herrera came up with the idea by uh, for the margarita by adding lime and salt to make the first one. Um, and at the time, just like today, a shot of tequila was typically chased with lime and salt. So he just made it into a full-blown cocktail. Sure. Right. There's one version and one that Herrera took with him to the grave. His obituary lists him as the creator of the margarita. <laughs> Can you just put that? Do people fact check obituaries? We don't know. We can't confirm or deny. Nope. (laughs) Uh, Worth noting that a year earlier in 1937, a book out of London called the Café Royale Cocktail Book included a recipe for a drink made with tequila, control, and lime at a 2-1-1 ratio called the Picador. So the English were close (laughs) to being the original inventors of the margarita. Close. Uh, 1953 edition of Esquire brings us another version of how the margarita came to be. It described a 1948 house party of socialite Margaret Sames, a.k.a. Margarita, in Acapulco, Texas, where she claims to have whipped up the first margarita. An attendee of this house party, one Tommy Hilton. (gasps) Those Hiltons? Those Hiltons of Hilton Hotels was so impressed with the drink, he put it on their hotel bar menus. And now! Probably not true, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it had appeared in some ads and even a handful of south-of-the-border menus before then. Oh, goodness. Yeah, pro- probably not true. Yes. She sounds like she was a fun... Uh, she threw good house parties, though. <laughs> she claimed to have been thrown into the... pushed into the pool several times by a bad drink she had made. <laughs> Does sound... <laughs> <laughs> like quite the house party to me. Excellent. Yet another version involves Rita Hayworth, whose real name was Margarita Casino. A smitten bartender mixed up the first margarita for Hayworth while she was doing a gig in Tijuana and named it after her in the 1940s. So this story goes. Another woman <laughs> the drink might have been named after. See, it's all just women named Margarita. Um, Texas singer Peggy Lee. And if you're thinking, wait a minute. Peggy is a nickname for Margaret, which I only knew because of Captain America. 
Um, and from there, it's an easy walk to Margarita. Sure. Mm hmm. <laughs> and yet another <laughs> Margarita that might have inspired the name was Margarita Henkel, the daughter of a German ambassador. In 1941, she visited a bar in Mexico and bartender Don Carlos Orozco, who had been experimenting with new cocktail ideas, let her test out what he was trying and named his concoction after her. Maybe. <laughs> um, Danny Negrete claims to have invented the drink for his sister-in-law, whose name was, you guessed it, Margarita for her wedding. And yet another one, one Francisco Pancho Morales claims to have come up with the Margarita bartending in Juarez, Mexico, on the border with El Paso, Texas, in 1942. The story he tells is that it was the 4th of July, and with a busy bar, a woman came in and ordered a magnolia. Having too much pride to say that he didn't know how to make it, but <laughs> with the concept that it contained lime, Cointreau, and another liquor, he tossed in tequila and served the drink. When she said, it's not a magnolia, but I like it, he bluffed, oh, oh, I thought you said margarita, which is the Spanish word for daisy. An article from Texas Monthly from 1974 claims that all the others, all these other myths are PR from the big tequila brands. Ooh. There is, however, he, he he's listed as the creator of the margarita in his own obituary. Ah! <laughs> and his wife is named Margarita, although uh, they didn't get married until like 12 years after this, after he claims to have created this drink. So I'm not sure if he knew her then. Huh. Very interesting and very smooth, <laughs> I've got to say, to bluff your way out and just make up. Just, just be like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I thought you said no. <laughs> Misunderstandings. Whether or not any of these are true, the margarita we know today probably evolved from a drink called a daisy made of your alcohol of choice, be it gin or whiskey or tequila, citrus juice and grenadine poured over shaved ice. The tequila version called for tequila, obviously, lime juice, <laughs> orange liqueur, and a bit of soda water, which sounds pretty close to yeah. a margarita. According to cocktail historian David Wondrich, the tequila daisy was a mistake. Sometime during the mid-1920s at Tijuana's Turf Bar, a bartender was making a gin daisy but had accidentally grabbed a bottle of tequila instead of gin. Ten years later, the drink was commonplace around Mexico. But this was written for Patron. So take it with some salt. I like your margarita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eventually, this tequila-based daisy took on a different name, the Spanish word for daisy, which is margarita, he <sighs> said. The definition for margarita as a, quote, cocktail made with tequila and citrus fruit juice first appeared in the 1965 edition of the Oxford English Dictionary. Though... Jose Cuervo ads were using the word margarita earlier than that, as it appeared in this 1945 ad, Margarita, it's more than a girl's name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> true, true enough. Yes. 1945 ad. Uh, in the 1950s, improvements in blender technologies made blenders popular both in restaurants and in homes, sparking a frozen drink revolution, frozen margaritas. Included. So many frozen margaritas. Yeah, that's why those original uh, daisies were made with shaved ice instead of, like, blended ice, because blenders were, like, lab equipment at that point. <laughs> People's passion for frozen margaritas intensified after the 1971 debut of the frozen margarita machine, 
Ooh. On a small scale at first, it was just one machine. The, the first known machine was invented, or perhaps reinvented, by a Texan restaurateur by the name of Mariano Martinez. When working with a bunch of blenders behind the bar produced inconsistent frozen margarita results at his fledgling restaurant, Mariano's Mexican Cuisine, Martinez got the idea to use a Slurpee machine. Oh. You know those things like at 7-Eleven that make the slushy soda pop? I know them too well. <sighs> it had been invented in Dallas in 1960. Just one problem. 7-Eleven wouldn't sell him a machine. So... <laughs> and he's shaking her fist. <laughs> uh, so with a chemist friend, uh, Martinez adapted a soft-serve ice cream machine and his margarita recipe to create slushy margaritas. Apparently, the secret is your ratio of ingredients with sugar, uh, like added sugar being key to keeping everything just frozen enough ah, okay. without going too frozen. The resulting machine was too close to the original to patent, but it made his restaurant a huge success. The original machine ran for 34 years. Wow. Until the Smithsonian asked if they could have it. Uh, and <laughs> according to the curator who got the machine for the Smithsonian, the creation of it helped spark the spread of Mexican fusion cuisine as part of, like, American cuisine at large. Huh. I see that. Yeah. The margarita would surpass the martini as America's most popular cocktail in the 1970s. And also in the 70s, Jimmy Buffett recorded and released Margaritaville. 77, espousing the margarita as a sort of state of mind. Mm -hmm. He'd go on to license this state of mind as a whole Margaritaville brand, including, as of 2016, 67 restaurants, seven hotel resorts, and uh, lines of grocery food, grocery store food and merchandise worth some $1.5 billion a year in sales. Wow. Well, that's, um, that's a lot of waste in a way. I... <laughs> My grandparents used to live near Gulf Shores, Alabama, <laughs> uh -huh. and every time, I don't know how many of you have been there, but there's this restaurant there called Lulu's. Do you know Lulu's? No, one? I don't. Okay, well, it's huge. It, it looks like a massive playground. Okay. And you can see it from you, when you go over this bridge. It's just this massive structure, and it's very colorful. And it's a restaurant, and um, I always wanted to go, but um, my no one was on board because it was a big tourist trap. Oh. Wait times were very long. Um, but every time we would pass it, my grandparents would point to it and say, you know, Jimmy Buffett's sister Lulu <laughs> owns that restaurant and sometimes he comes by and that song Paradise Cheeseburger in Paradise is based on Lulu's. <laughs> and I, as a child, I'd get so mad because they'd point it out every time, but they wouldn't They wouldn't take you, go. though. Oh, <laughs> I finally oh. been and it was fine. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> anyway. I'm glad I'm glad you finally got to go. Yes, That's there good. are several restaurants like that that they wouldn't let me go to, and I finally went, and I feel like success, but I'm fine never going again. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Jimmy Buffett restaurant <laughs> aside, aside. <laughs> Please continue, Lauren. Uh, sure. Uh, by, the, by the late 70s through the 80s, the rise of pre-made bottled shelf-stable sour mix, made margaritas cheaper and cheaper tasting across the <laughs> land. Uh, in the 90s, with wine coolers and candy-flavored malt beverages all the rage, a few companies began selling margarita-flavored pre-mixed cocktails in grocery and liquor stores based around wine or malt beverage that's been flavored with agave. Uh -huh. No actual tequila involved. Um, these still appear on the market despite blowback from tequila producers in Mexico and the United States. 
they like got NAFTA involved. Wow. It was great. <laughs> Unsuccessful, but like worthy. Yes. That's some serious tequila business. Mm-hmm. And this brings us to the brief Corona Rita mention. Oh, okay. All right. So Corona Rita's. <laughs> this is that thing that I'm sure you've seen, you've seen it in bars or maybe on Instagram. It's, it's that thing where someone takes a full, a full bottle, like a glass bottle of Corona. Yep. And sticks it upside down mm-hmm. in a margarita glass that is full of margarita and then serves it. Yes. Right before recording this, we were trying to find a science of the Corona Rita because I ran across an article and then I couldn't find it again. Huh. So we're going to go on a field trip. Yeah. And we're going to bring magnifying glasses and lab <laughs> safety goggles and weird everyone out and not learn anything, but get to enjoy a Corona Rita. Yeah, I've never had one, so I'm kind of... I mean, you can do it with any type of beer. Yes. You know, and like, hypothetically in a glass bottle. I suspect it has to do with the uh, with the, the pressure of the bottleneck mm-hmm. and the uh, viscosity of the, of the, like the seal of right. the margarita around the lip of the bottle. Right. Um, the Corona Rita, by the way, is my... Roommate, my old roommate, just that's him. Every time I think of Corona Rita, uh, I, I have like fond memories of my old roommate. Also, oh. Super Producer Dylan likes them. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy them too. I guess, I guess I'll have to try one. Yeah, I've always scoffed will. at it. Well, we'll we'll do a little science experiment. And Perfect. speaking of science, oh. we have some margarita science for you. Yeah, yes. But first, we have another quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. 
could just be a me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. Uh, okay, first science note, and we can file this one under things you didn't know you needed to be freaked out about. What? Margarita burn. Margarita burn? Margarita burn. What um, is this? There's there's this condition colloquially known uh, as margarita burn that afflicts some bartenders in, in this, our new golden age of fresh-made cocktails. It can send folks to the hospital with first- or even second-degree burns, commonly on their hands, but also on other spots of skin where citrus juice may splash and then be exposed to sunlight. And what's going on here is called phytophotodermatitis. It's a plant-based sunburn. There are compounds in citrus, it turns out, and other plants like carrots that act as photosensitizers. When they're on our skin, they make that skin more sensitive to sunlight. If you... As in one case study, like squeeze a whole lot of limes for a bar gig that's outdoors in the summer and don't take care to wash your hands or keep in the shade, you could wind up with these swelling and blisters that we usually only see with, like, scaldings or something like that. Yeesh. It doesn't happen that often. Okay. <laughs> the injury will heal also with normal burn care. But, yeah, like, if you're going to have fresh citrus plus sunlight, consider wearing gloves, uh, wash skin that gets splashed with juice and try, try to keep in the shade. I mean, try to keep in the shade anyway. Yeah, you in know. general. Yeah, be, be good to your skin. Yeah. Um, wow. Margarita burn, huh? Margarita burn. Uh, basically, every article that I read about this had some medical professional or another refer to it as the other Lyme disease. <laughs> <laughs> I at first thought it was um, the burn you get when, like, cheap oh, when tequila. You drink too, yeah. The margarita burn. <laughs> <laughs> Also dangerous. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, okay, second science note. Everyone who drinks margaritas has a preference of frozen versus on the rocks, versus straight up, um, but kind of falls into the rocks category. Yeah. And there are science. There are sciences. Sciences. Sciences behind these preferences. Uh, Okay. Cocktails are balances of flavors and sensations. Yes. Perhaps obviously sweet and sour, but for a margarita, you might also be working with saltiness, a little bit of savory or umami from the tequila, plus a pucker from the lime juice, burn from the alcohol, and cold from the ice. And the form that the ice is in matters a lot for two reasons, which are actually the same core reason. But, but okay, first, a frozen drink will taste colder than one on the rocks. And second, a frozen drink will dilute with more water than one that is shaken with ice and then served either straight or on the rocks. Mm-hmm. This is all because frozen-style drink ice melts faster than cubes of ice. Uh, breaking ice into tiny shards maximizes the ice's surface area, letting more heat affect it. Cubes have less surface area and thus melt more slowly. So, a frozen drink will be more intensely cold for a shorter period of time. And it's more watery, not just when you let the drink sit, though, right out of the gate or the blender or slush machine, <laughs> as the case may be, a standard four-ounce co- frozen cocktail will have picked up about three ounces of water from the ice that's in it. Ooh. Fresh from a shaker, the same cocktail would pick up only about two ounces. Mm-hmm. And then you serve it. Uh, the ice keeps melting shards faster than cubes. Uh, huge cubes that are popular at posh bars have even less surface area and melt even more slowly. And spheres of ice, technically, have the least surface area of all. Though at that point, you're really going for aesthetics. (laughs) 
Um, so a margarita that's shaken and served straight up will taste the most boozy, and a frozen one will taste the least boozy, regardless of how much booze is actually in it. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, also, more sugar tends to be added to the machine-poured frozen margaritas to keep them slushy so they will taste sweeter. Right. And there you have it. Uh, thanks, by the way, to a terrific book called Liquid Intelligence, The Art and Science of the Perfect Cocktail for some of the details on this one. Yes. And now I just have one question for you, Lauren. Yes. Can we go get margaritas? Absolutely. Excellent. I'm so thirsty right now. It is, is National Margarita Day after all. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We have to do our, our, our patriotic duty. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but first, we must read some listener mail. Listener mail! <laughs> all right. The first one comes to us from Catherine, who wrote, I was studying in Salzburg during the summer of 2014, and the group of American students I was with took a trip to Vienna over a holiday weekend. One evening after wandering the city, we stopped to get a dinner at a place near our hotel. To our disappointment, we realized the place we chose was apparently mainly catering to American tourists and serving American food. But we were tired enough that we decided to stay instead of moving on to try someplace with more local cuisine. After all, it wasn't the only meal we ate in Vienna. Naturally, our food all came with sides of French fries. What we didn't recognize was the sauce served on the side of the French fries. It was a weird shade of pink and didn't really taste like any other condiment any of us had had before. We were all suspicious of something with such a weird color at first, but we soon realized it was delicious. (laughs) It was all caps. I had to add emphasis, emphasis. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But still, none of us could quite figure out what it was. When our waiter came by again, we asked him what this amazing sauce was. He stared at us like we were complete idiots. It's American sauce, as if we should naturally realize what it was. (laughs) We answered this with blank stares. He clarified it's ketchup and mayonnaise mixed together. My immediate instinct here was to protest this designation, but I stopped short. I looked at my classmates, and they had similarly dumbfounded expressions. We did a collective eyebrow raise and then said, "Uh, Actually, that sounds pretty much fair. (laughs) After all, Americans are well-known for consuming large amounts of both ketchup and mayo, and it's pretty common for them to be used together on hamburgers in many places. Mixing them for french fries seems like a pretty natural progression. This incident mainly sticks in my head because of the waiter's surprise that this wasn't something Americans actually eat on a regular basis. Oh, I feel like that is a thing, but I could be wrong. There's some pink sauce out there that I've never really known what it is. (laughs) I do love when you're in another country and it's something like um, called American. And when I was in China, I ordered this thing called uh, American style rum and coke. Oh, what was it? It was a rum and coke served in a like beach pail. <laughs> it was an enormous that's, rum and coke. <laughs> slightly rude, but again, pretty much fair. Pretty much fair. Yes. And here are two short notes about our mushroom episode. Lauren, high five to another Lauren, wrote, I wanted to mention that the Romans weren't far off when they thought when lightning struck, truffles would grow. Mushrooms thrive off of dead matter, and they love dead burnt matter. When the Zubrani's fire happened in Big Sur Carmel, my home, mushroom hunters found so many mushrooms thriving around the scorched land. Ah. Ah. Matt wrote, I noticed your history overview skipped the Americas and our favorite native fungus, Huitlacoche, or corn smut, 
considered a blight by corn farmers today, but a delicacy going back to the Aztec times. I thought it was interesting how so many cultures revered fungus even when having no contact with one another. The Zuni Indians also revered it, believing it to symbolize the generation of life. Aww. Ah. I thought that was interesting, too. That's always a kind of a strange yeah. and fascinating thing when so many, so different... many different cultures have the same concept of something. Yeah. Like vampires and garlic. Exactly. That's so interesting. Right? Right? Mm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We're both making very suspicious faces. Yeah. So thanks to both of, actually all three of yeah. them for writing in. You too can write us and we would love to hear from you. Our email is foodstuff at howstuffworks.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at foodstuffhsw stands for How Stuff Works. And we're also on Instagram at foodstuff. We hope to hear from you. Thank you so much to our amazing producer, Dylan Fagan. Yes, you, Dylan. Yes, you. (laughs) Thank you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it! Give me a vacation! Vacation! Give me a wave! Surfing! Give me a city tour! The trolley! Give me animals! The zoo! Give me some sea life! <laughs> Give me museums! Park. Give me a woo! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.